This show was first broadcast on Free FM, Hamilton, New Zealand's community access media organisation. For more information on our lineup of shows and the role we play in the media, visit freefm.org.nz. Hear more from Free FM. For a small monthly fee, you can become a patron and support independent community media. Go to patreon.com slash freefm89 to find out how. Yes, people, it is Māori Language Week and also the sad news of our Congress, Barry. Interview with Alan Morris. Hope he's got a box of tissues with him. Yeah, I'm ringing my hanky out. That week, though, I had the week off. Still having the week off. My grandies are in town, so I'm going to spend all of that time with them. It'll make my life a little bit easier. <laughs> I won't be looking after green kids. I'll be inseminating cows. Oh, true. But you're going to have to do the Bridge Zone show. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> anyway, that was awesome. Well done, you kapai. All right, so today, like Barry said, we've got Alan Morris coming up on the show. He's going to give us the lowdown on the reasoning of cancelling Congress. These blooming jaffers. It's not all of you. COVID-19. Hey, remember, most of those jaffers never came from Auckland in the first place. <laughs> yeah, we still love you people. Yeah, I know that the Hamilton Bridge Club is going to miss them if they don't come down to their Labour Weekend Congress, presuming yeah. it goes ahead. How so about that? We, we're certainly hoping the Aucklanders can come down. They're mm. pretty good support. I'm sure all of the other bridge clubs in the country wish they had a million people up the road that would come down and support them like Auckland do with us. Absolutely. We're thinking of you, Auckland. Hey, I played bridge at the club last night, face to face. With... Well, that's just a secret. Really? The masked person? I had to have a gag on. <laughs> it's not a gag, it's a mask. Oh, a mask. I had to have a mask on, yes. That's I know a right. lot of people think I should have a gag on there. Oh, God. How'd you go? Well, my glasses kept fogging up. I had to take them off. <laughs> and I can't see over the other side of the table very well without them, but anyway. Well, you did all right. You pulled out a 68, yeah, didn't you? Well, anyway, i got to say that the masks, they're not a lot of fun. How many people were there, by the way? I think there were seven or eight tables. Really? They're not too nice. bad. Yeah. Well, well done. Yeah, I don't know about this mask business. I'm hoping we're back into level one next week. And I know they think we still should wear them, but I find it really hard. So were your glasses steaming up because of your breath or because the smoke was coming out of your eyes? <laughs> I don't know. This is before I picked up a card. I think it was just breathing that does oh, it. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Anyway, and I had it on inside out to start with. Oh, my goodness. Was Jenny there playing? No, she wasn't. She's oh, there. She'll, be there. She'll be there today. Oh, really? Mm. See, she would have sorted you out. Get your clothes on right, Barry. Tuck that shirt in. <laughs> <laughs> Put your mask on the right way. Go sit over there like a good boy and be clever and kind. I'm not playing this week. I decided I'm, I'm going to wait. I think it might be wise. Playing with a mask on, it's not for the faint-hearted. What are we talking about today? Tempo. Oh, not temper. Tempo. Tempo. Playing at normal tempo regardless of what you're going to do. Is that what you're meaning? What I'm meaning is that 
It's not helpful. It's not going to improve your bridge, but it does make the game fair. And it is an important part of play. And that is when you bid or play, you should do so in an even tempo. Anytime you take a long, long, long time to do something, particularly pass, it's not quite so important. If you hesitate for a long time when you're about to bid something, think about what you're going to bid next, and then you bid it, that's okay usually. What's not okay is when you think and think for a long time and then you pass. Mm. And so you've transmitted this information to a partner that you have got a lot to think about or something to think about and you've decided to pass. All of a sudden, your partner is in receipt of unauthorized information that you've got something in your hand that you almost bid on but not quite. And that's not part of the game. And unfortunately, it goes on in every bridge club in the country, every session that's played, every day of the week. It's just something well, that... How do you improve it? Well, it's like everything in bridge, you've got to practice it. You've got to practice bidding at a steady tempo, bidding and playing at the similar tempo each time. I mean, there will be times, and you're allowed to think at bridge, of course, there'll be times when you won't be able to play in tempo. But when you do, just realise you're putting quite a lot of pressure on your partner when you do that. Make life a lot easier for partner try your best to bid and play in tempo. One of the examples that I remember being asked to think about tempo in situations at the table was let's say dummy goes down on your left and you've got say four to the king and dummy has ace queen small small Right then, make up your decision when they play that are you going to play low or are you going to put your king up? So you have to decide right away when that situation happens because you know it's going to come. Are you going to duck it or are you going to put your king up? So when it does happen, you're not sitting there thinking and thinking and thinking about, oh, should I? Because your decision's already done. I thought that was a good tip. So I try and do that if I'm in that situation. Already decide, okay, I'm going to do it. Well, you've only got a problem if they lead the jack from there. If they play a low one, obviously you'll play low. Yep. But if they lead the jack, are you going to cover or are you not going to cover? And sometimes people don't. They just sit there and think, oh, 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 oh. And they've given the whole thing away. I mean, to be fair, Declara was probably going to take the finesse anyway. Yes. But there's no reason. If you play smoothly, sometimes you just never know. Just never know. Hey, listen up. I know we've already spoken to Judge Julie, but there was that thing. She was talking about the new regs. How are people going to manage that, Barry? The rule of 29. Oh, that's going to do my head in. When you were 29, people were still coming to bridge in a horse and cart, Mariana. <laughs> I think you're remembering your own memories, Barry Jones. <laughs> <laughs> so I think it's really interesting. I don't know how people are going to be able to adjust. Oh, really? I, I've, I mean, I've, it was pretty complex, wasn't it? Well, it really was. Do you call the director every time? It's like, hey, you can't do that, director, please. And I was like, I don't want to be a, like a, what do you call it, a snitch? Well, no, I don't think that's going to happen because obviously quite often the person with the strong hand, whatever that might be, is going it's to end up seeing. I don't think there'll be many director's calls, put it that way. And even if they do notice at the end, and it's a bit harder to notice at the end sometimes, you don't always get to see all of their hand even at the end of play, do you? So, but wouldn't it be every time they open up two clubs, you'll be like, right, I'm going to count. Nope. I don't think people will. I, I, yeah. Okay. I, don't, I, don't, I don't know. It's got a bit of work to do, this new rule, hasn't it? Okay, well, let's go and listen to Judge Julie. Director, please. How can I help? Judge Julie presiding. Patai kotahi. 
quite a common infraction, Julie. If declarer plays from the wrong hand or tries to play from dummy when he should be in his hand or plays from his hand when he should be in dummy, what happens there, Julie? Yeah, that's interesting, isn't it? Well, declarer and dummy have a special set of rules in some ways because they can see dummy's hand and dummy's not part of the play. There's no unauthorised information about things. But if declarer tries to play from the wrong hand, then either defender can accept that lead without talking to their partner. And it is one of the things I've talked about with directing courses for quite a few years, that if I say you're in the wrong hand, I am not telling somebody that I accept the lead or I don't accept the lead. I'm pointing out that there's been an infraction so I can call the director. So when you say to declare you're in the wrong hand, you're in dummy or something like that, we're not saying that we don't accept the elite. But invariably, the declarer starts to play from the correct hand and the director hasn't been called and the director absolutely should be called. So we can't have a correro with partner. I like that, Mr Jones. (laughs) Been (laughs) practising, right? About Anyway, Julie, we can't have a correro with partner about whether we should accept the lead or not. No, we're not allowed. One of us can accept it or the other one can. So normally you get called to the table, you say, what's happening? And everybody just says nothing. So then you rule that the lead's reverted back to the correct hand oh. and play will proceed. And is it first in, first served? If I say I want to accept it and partner yep. says they don't want to accept it, it's whoever was in first. Absolutely. And okay. my partner and I, once upon a time many years ago, managed to say it simultaneously and disagree <laughs> with each other. So we landed that one on the director's lap. Oh. There is a thing about simultaneous plays and bids and various things. In general, if it's simultaneous, then it's sort of like the right hand is the one that goes first. Anyway, it works, but it doesn't happen very often that everyone says everything at the same time. Normally, it's just stunned silence, but it's really important that if you say, you know, you're in your hand or you're in dummy, you are not saying that you haven't accepted that lead out of tune. You are merely saying that there has been an infraction. Good to know. Patai Korua. Look, a little while ago, Julie, we talked about the requirements for somebody to open a strong two-club bid, and apparently they've changed from what you were telling me earlier slightly with the new regs. Right, Julie, what's happened there? Yes, well, what we used to have was the WBF definition of the strength of hands. So an average hand was a hand containing about 10 high card points, and a weak hand was about three points below that, a strong hand was about three points above that, and so on. But they've actually clarified this. A strong hand is now a hand containing 16 plus high card points. Because we used to talk about 13, didn't we? A king above a king average. Above, yeah. Yeah. So now it's 16 plus high card points. And they've also clarified what a game force hand is because the Echo uh, 2 Club opener comes up quite frequently. This is described as 23 plus high card points if balanced or semi balanced. And note, semi balanced is a hand with no singleton or void but will contain at least two doubletons, or 20 plus high card points if unbalanced, with allowance for distribution. And allowance for distribution is one point for every card after the ninth card in the two longest suits. So if you have 20 points and it's unbalanced, then you can open two clubs. If you have 19 points and it is unbalanced, then you need 19 high card points and you need to have 10 points when you count a point for every card in your two longest suits. It has to come to, what does it add, add up to? 29. Well, effectively yeah. it's got to add up to 29. 
Oh, okay. below 20 high cut points and unbalanced. Good God, we need a calculator at the bridge table. To so so instead of the rule of 20, you have the rule of 29, which is your high card points and both your suits and length. The rule of 29? For if it is under 20 high card points and unbalanced. Note, losing trick count alone is not adequate for determining whether a hand qualifies as a game force hand. And this is for the very simple reason that if you're counting losers, you need to have a fit and you are playing in a suit contract because losing trick count doesn't work that well with no trump hands either. Losing trick count, which we use as a method for evaluation, is not an allowable definition for your game force hand. So you pipe up and say, oh, but I've only got three losers. That is not allowable. Holy... My head's starting okay. to hurt, Mariana. <laughs> right. Yes, so, so there has been some discussion about this. It is different from what it has been, but it is partly done to ensure that the hand is strong, as in strong high card values, not as in a preempt hand, which has got a lot of distribution and very little high card strength. That brings me on to my next question, Julie. I know I said there are only two, but this is part of it. If that's the case for two clubs, what about when people are playing a, like a precision club or some sort of strong club system? What do they need to open one club as their strongest bid? Okay, well, the definition of strong is 16 plus high card points in the classification of systems which is on page D44 of the Bridge Manual, if anyone's interested. So we can play a variety of systems when we play tournaments. If we are playing a junior or intermediate tournament, we are limited to systems that are green or blue. I'm not too sure about blue in junior. Definitely you can play blue systems in intermediate. You're not allowed to play other systems. So if you are playing precision and you are in an intermediate tournament, then you have to have a hand of 16 plus pie card points is that is a strong artificial one club opening or one diamond opening in some cases and it does say or equivalent and equivalent is effectively using the rule of 20 in your um, evaluation so okay. it doesn't quite have a definition for equivalent that I can find that I want at the moment. You are allowed to take into account some distributional values when you're looking at strong. Mariana's just shown me a hand that she had the other night. I she, don't think it qualifies. Well, no, well, it's got 16 points in it. 18. It? Yeah. 18 points, is it? Yeah, and a void. So she's got five yeah. spades to the ace-queen, five hearts yeah. to the ace-king-queen, and king and two small diamonds. So it's 28. It's not strong enough. Mm. Uh, That's why I brought it up and I thought, oh, look at this, Barry. There are anomalies. As I said, there has been some discussion. So Mariana opened two clubs and she got to six spades and six hearts. My feeling would be not many people would call because the hand's meeting the expectation of being a strong hand by most people's criteria. However, there are always holes in any system we use Mm -hmm. where there'll be hands that we think are right that goes full through the holes. We just can't quite manage everything with just broad examples. We can have the intent of the regulations which is about what they're trying to do as much as anything else because that can be taken into consideration but in general at the moment these have just come out and there is some discussion about the way it can be tightened up to meet hands for example like the one that Mariana just gave me which is a strong hand in itself. I don't know I think we should I think she should go to jail. (laughs) Well yeah yeah, that's really good. Um I don't know what we should do with you in that case. Though, anyway. <laughs> you know what's worse? Oh, look, I know. I watch Happy Long <laughs> okay. on the weekend, and you can go to Devil's Island. 
<laughs> yes, we watch that too. Okay, so red systems allow you to play a lot of things that aren't actually covered by the laws. And I do note systems for junior and intermediate tournaments that when we look at opening bid, two clubs very strong forcing or any distribution, or we have one club simple precision, which is strong forcing, and to the side we have a definition of strong as at least 16 high card points or equivalent and very strong is at least 19 high card points or equivalent which is where we take in that sort of rule of 20 rule of 29 that I just did or whatever where we're looking at the distribution of the hands I mean some people some people play their big club system if you like as being 15 plus or even 14 plus that's right well we play 15 plus flat 15 might be a we might downgrade to be a no-Trump opener, but we're playing what's called red system, and yeah. that is actually part of a system that will cover some of those holes, but we're only allowed to play that at open tournaments. We have restrictions on junior and intermediate, so players do not have to deal with situations that cause them more problems than they are able to deal with at the level of play that they are at. So we do layer the systems so that we provide protection to players as they come through and they get better and they learn more conventions. Once we play open, we are expected to be able to deal with most things, though there is still the occasional restriction on what we call brown and sticker and yellow systems because they are so unusual that people need to sit down and discuss what they're going to do about them. Okay, I think I'm about to have a migraine. (laughs) I'm heading for the medicine. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Julie, for that. I hope that's helped some of our listeners. I know you don't mean that. Oh, yes, we do. They won't let us have medicine in the studio or there'd be a bottle on the desk, I can tell you. (laughs) Well, next time you ring me, let me know. Okay. (laughs) We'll talk to you next week. Okay. Okay. Radio. See you later. See you all sometime in the, I don't know, New Year. Okay. True. (laughs) Bye. Bye for now. Taku Aroha Yewe Yewe Kingako Oche Pirichi Paki Paki Amaira Malakai was saying to us, sorry to hear about our National Congress being cancelled. Keep playing online and at your clubs, and most of all, keep listening to The Bridge Zone. And now, let's head over and catch up with the boss, Alan Morris. Kia ora, 
Welcome to the bridge zone, Ellen. I know. Oh, well, I'm just going to get my hanky again and wring it out. (laughs) Yeah, well, we agonised. I have to say we agonised. When you kind of cut to the chase on it and look at all of the options, it all came back to there wasn't an option. Uh, Unless we had absolute certainty that we could have the entire country at level one and we could run a successful event for everybody, which is not the case. So we had no choice. It was a sad day uh, yesterday. Look, we'll get over it. And we'll look forward to 2021. We'll look forward to getting back to Bridge. We've gone out to the, the clubs and the regions last night saying, if there is an opportunity you could run a five-day event over the next two weekends, the weekends of Congress, and an attempt for players to at least get some bridge in. Of course, that won't apply to Auckland, who's still in basic lockdown with no more than yes. 10 people in a gathering. Come the 23rd, would Auckland go to level one from level 2.5? I think that's very remote. I think they'll increase the gathering size and limit it at alert level two. No choice. A lot of bridge clubs in Auckland, of course, still locked down. Or all of the bridge clubs, I guess. All of the bridge clubs. Mm. And when we looked at the entries oh, a few days back now, I mean, 38% of the open entries were coming out of uh, Auckland. Yeah. yeah. Suddenly, you're reduced to a field of 62. But you can't actually run your national championships when you exclude such a big portion of your membership. Yeah. As you mentioned, I think on NZ Bridge, of course, financially it would be pretty difficult to... Oh, the numbers don't stack up mm. once you take such a big chunk out. But we were going to be running at a loss anyway. It would just have been a much bigger loss. Yeah. So mm. from an economic perspective, no, it didn't make sense. That wasn't the rationale. That wasn't the reasoning. Mm. So the economics really didn't come into the discussion point. The discussion point was welfare, our ability to comply and the fact that this event is for our entire membership and you can't run a a national championship excluding a large percentage of your membership. Yes, well, I don't think people really would complain. We've had a number of emails which have been very, very supportive and that's really nice. We'll have those who will disagree with the decision and that's their right. When you're at the sharp end of things... Sometimes you just got to do things that might not be that popular. Yep. And that's the way it is. Well, it's not as if it's something new for everyone to toss and talk about because the chances were always high, wasn't it? We were just hopeful. Very high. And I mean, you had made it clear that if, unless everybody was in level one, the Congress wouldn't be going ahead and, and everybody's not. In fact, at the moment, you know, nobody and, is. And we see how quickly this thing can spread. It's virulent. The situation the other day where the guy who was an employee at Jet Park who went to the gym twice, then went to Countdown, then went to the warehouse, it wouldn't take much for it to go, wow, and suddenly you got another cluster, another group, and it's, what do you want? Do you want to be like Melbourne? I don't. I think we're not a bad state. Come next week. The rest of the country can get on and enjoy their bridge. Going back to Congress, I've got a question that Ellen might not want to answer, Mariana, and he might swear at me, so you'll, have to, you'll have to edit it out. Just say it in Māori, he won't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, You're well, quite correct. The rumour going around is that Congress may not be in Hamilton next year. Are you allowed to answer that, or what? We're looking at all of the options, in fairness to the question. I have 
no desire to go back to the distinction. I think they treated us appallingly. Look, the rationale around their decision was fine from an economic management point of view, I understand that. But the way that they behaved and conducted that message. So you're then left with other choices in the Hamilton area. All of them, all of them have challenges, either around dates or size. So we've spread the net wider and are looking at other options and we will make a decision about that, I would think, well before Christmas. Oh, OK. Well, so that'll be some, some exciting news to look forward to. Well, yeah, and look, we're canvassing a number of locations, but none of them totally fit. We have to make some compromise. We'll either make compromise on the date, the location, the price... <laughs> And on and on and on. So. Don't say that. He's starting to pull faces already when you say the P word. Well, I was just thinking, you know, it's just like buying real estate. There's always compromises. <laughs> it either hasn't got enough bedrooms, it hasn't got a pool, or it's too close to the whatever. Yeah, and the message I would leave you with, of course, is we're hell-bent on making 2021 very special. Okay? Nice. And that decision... That purpose is influenced by whatever decision we will take on location. Lots of stuff going around on social media, Ellen. Hope you're not reading it all. But anyway. I don't read social media. <laughs> but people are suggesting possibility of some sort of summer congress, maybe at the time when the Gold Coast Congress is usually on. Any thoughts about that? I mean, historically, we've not tried to run events at the same time as Australia. So we've looked for a window where... We have the opportunity for Australians to join our Congress and we have the opportunity for Kiwis who want to travel, whether they can next year, who knows, to also travel. I think running an event that may conflict with an event in Australia is probably down the list. I oh, know the, the suggestion was, Ellen, just a one-off event. The Gold Coast Congress is obviously cancelled. There was a yep. suggestion that because our Congress is cancelled, maybe we could hold one in that time slot just for next year. Are you running two events in 2021? I understand. Or just yep. one event? So not going to happen. Yep. Okay, no, that's fair enough. I, I don't yeah. think so. I think we're pretty set in running an event in September, October of 2021. We'll look forward to that. And I'm sure we'll be talking to you before then. And you can. You I'm can, sure you will be. You can tell us some of the exciting developments. We'll look forward to it. Thanks, guys. It is what it is. That's all I can say to people. And I hope you guys and get, up in and Auckland. Get on with life. And you guys in Auckland get out of level 2.5 soon, and it isn't just 2.4. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, how true. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Okay. We have Keep a good well, day. Guys. Thanks, Alan. Yeah, you too. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Well, that was live and proud from the chair, Mr. Alan Morris. Not really loving what he had to do and the committee behind them, but hey, it is what it is. They always said, like Barry mentioned, level one is level one. We're either in or out. And this year, we're out. Guess what? We have a little voice recording from our next overseas guest star. Listen up, peeps. He is coming on the Bridge Zone real soon. Hi, everybody. My name's Andrew Robson, Great Britain Bridge player. I'm really looking forward to coming onto your show, Bridge Zone, talking about life as an international bridge player and my new daily bridge casts and life without face-to-face -face bridge, how my bridge club is coping, playing online. So I'm really looking forward to having a chat about all these exciting issues. See you very soon. Bye.
You're not going to make me get out of bed at three in the morning to do this interview, are you, Maria? <laughs> no, he said a respectable eight o'clock at night. So we're going to have to book out some time this week. Sounds good. Well, there were some tournaments held last weekend around the country, Mariana. Not enough time to go through the results because we've run out. But And I think there's a couple on this weekend as well. And, of course, there is that silver lining of Congress. There's always a very, very small silver lining, and that is that they've given opportunities for regions to hold some 5A tournaments around the country, up yep. to four, I think they said, in each mm. region. So that's something to look forward to at the end of September, beginning of October. Yeah, I did see the email that came out. I thought that was very good. And as we wind down to end the show, etau toko ana tēnei whakātūranga mai, te arafata o Aotearo. And that's a shout out to New Zealand Bridge for sponsoring the show. Kia pai tora. Nā mihi nui whānau. Thanks for listening to this Free FM podcast. If you want to hear more content like this, you can support Free FM via Patreon. Head to patreon.com/freefm89 to find out more.